1: 2-0 down in the opening eight minutes in Turin. Most of us Spurs fans would have feared the worst. But not this Tottenham team. As Harry Kane and Christian Eriksen clawed us back into the game. And in the Great Dane's own words, the difference with this Spurs team is we never give up. As we have the last word on Spurs in our Stoppage Time special.
0: He's there with Bernadeschi for this one. And he's just floating in and it's the perfect- straight off the bat for Juventus it's smashed in by Gonzalo Higuain and it's the worst possible start in Turin for Tottenham Juventus 1, Tottenham Hotspur 0 Here they come again with Mario Mandzukic Bernadeschi was the target was he caught? Yes he was, it's a penalty it's Ben Davis on Bernadeschi and Tottenham in real trouble here already Oh, Higuain up against the Tottenham Hotspur captain Hugo Lloris and Higuain scores and Juventus get two goals inside the opening, nine minutes to blow this last 16 tire apart, and Traum and Hotspur are reeling in Turin. Juventus 2, Of 0 and Dier, but then gave it to Jan Vertonghen here's Deli Alli now Harry Kane, Harry Kane's in he's got a Rauschen, Luigi Bupin, and he scored, Harry Kane for Traum and Hotspur, the big stage and when Tottenham needed a goal Harry Kane was the man they can rely on Juventus 2, Tottenham 1 and it's game on in Turin it's a massive wall though in between Buffon and the ball Ericsson's gone through and scored! Christian Ericsson for Tottenham Hotspur who have come from 2-0 down to level the tyre
1: 2-2 in Turin what a comeback by Tottenham, Juventus 2, Tottenham 2 Hello guys and welcome back to The Last Word on Spurs. As you should know by now, you can follow the show across a variety of different platforms. We are on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. You can also find us on Facebook and also not forgetting Instagram. On this edition of The Last Word on Spurs, we'll be looking back in that thriller, ensuring that 2-2 draw against Juventus. We'll be taking a host of questions for tonight's panel and looking ahead to Rochdale in the FA Cup on Sunday. So, let's introduce the guys, talking us through the next hour. Back on the show, as always, I've got Jason McGovern. Jace, how are you?
2: Pleased to be with you, mate.
1: Yeah, pleased to be with you as well. Jace should be a great hour in store. And joining Jason tonight, we've got John Mannings back on the show. John, how are you? Ciao, ciao, Ricardo. I'm all good, <laughs> mate. I'm looking forward to this. The Italian should... job and all that Yes, yes, it should be a banger in store John We're Lovely, fantastic to have you on the show Really, really looking forward to it Jace, I mean, let's start with you I mean, a performance of sheer class, maturity And some great football against, let's not argue about it One of the top, top clubs in the world Who we outplayed in their own backyards But I mean, Jase, the tie is still not over yet But if we cut out those silly errors Just how much better, Jace, could we be And what we could do?
2: It was a fantastic performance from from probably fifteen minutes in when we we started to get a, a grip of the game, and from that moment on, to to go to Juve with with the home record they've got, to to see that defensive record they've got, and let's be fair, twice finalists in three years, you're you're genuinely an elite club. Then just just I put them at just a notch below Real Madrid in terms of their world status and everything. So to, to go there and play as we did, you know, it wasn't just a lucky. Lucky draw in the end. We we thoroughly deserved it, and, and much like that selection in Madrid, when you you're two two with ten minutes to go, and you think right now let, let's take the two two and take them back to Wembley. On comes Sonny to try and win it, and <laughs> and five minutes later on comes Lucas Moura, and you think you know this is this is crazy. There's no sign of any parking the buses or anything. It was just a performance that filled us with a lot of pride and admiration for. Everything Pochettino wants to do, but mixed in with with those first ten minutes where you think that's absolute shambles, and if we we have another ten minutes like that at any stage in that competition, it'll be bloody hard to come back from it next time. So, uh, but overall, just a fantastic night, mate
1: it wasn't dead and you got to say Pochettino he has got it absolutely spot on in the Champions League so far I mean John bringing you in after let's be honest an inex- inexcusable start to a match word surely John can't praise high enough the character of his Pochettino team to come back time and time again and not so like that John I mean you won't need me to say it that makes you so proud to support this club and you know a tremendous second leg to look forward to with so much to play for
3: yeah exactly it sets it up perfectly doesn't it mm-hmm. I think after 10 minutes, I see on social media people trying to sell their second leg <laughs> tickets for a fiver and what have you. And you think, you know what, I'm telling you, back in the day, you would have gone, yeah, this is dead now. After 10 minutes, this tie is dead. But you just can't you just can't rule us out anymore. It's such a, it's, it's so brilliant to see. Like, even at 2-0 down, I must admit, I was a bit like, oh, bloody hell. I wasn't angry. I'm going, God, this is, you know, this is the rude awakening of the Champions League knockout stage. Mm-hmm. Just come and give us a big slap. But yeah, the way that the team responded was 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 unbelievable. It, it did feel like a win in the end, and I think if you'd have said to anybody, you know, you're going back to Wembley two to two, that's perfect for us. Perfect. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think two away goals. If if we don't, <clears throat> you know, if we don't gift them another couple at Wembley, let's be honest. You know that it was a bit. It was disappointing, but the you know the, the way we conceded the first two, maybe the free kick was a bit needless. You know the marking on on Higuain wasn't great. Obviously, he was he was what half an arm offside, which is you know if it had gone our way, you say there's no daylight between him and the, and the defender. It's not really offside, so I'm not even worried about that one. And then the penalty. Well, both the penalties were a bit dozy in the way they were given away. Luckily, obviously, Higuain had uh, he must have changed his shooting boots after 10 minutes. That wasn't a great penalty. The second one, but yeah, we go we go back to Wembley now as favourites probably. You know, we get that home crowd behind us. We, You know what I mean? We've been there this season for some... We've we've given some teams some proper pastings in Europe and and in the Premier League. And it's sort of... I don't know who joked about it before, but I'm quite enjoying Wembley now. And if we can knock Juventus out of Wembley, that's only oh. going to... yeah. You know what I mean? That's only going to... It just makes a mockery of all that hoodoo stuff from early on in the season. Because we've settled there really well. And you know what I mean? I feel as confident going into the second leg as, as if we was playing at the lane, to be honest.
1: Yeah, it's going to be an absolutely amazing atmosphere, isn't it, at Wembley? I mean, you know, it's going to be such a carnival feel around that stadium, like it was for the Madrids and the Dortmunds. I mean, Jace Zoe Pearson asked the question: Has there been a complete mentality shift in the Champions League, or is it down to something else? If so, what? Spurs of old would have folded like a pack of cards, and it's funny because Christian Eriksen did say, you know, this Tottenham team a couple of years ago, maybe before Pochettino came in, you know. In a game downing, we were 2-0 down and we'd have most likely lost it by six. So Jace, I ask you, what do you think has changed in that dressing room?
2: I think you're just getting more maturity and and obviously as, as each good result you, you pick up that, that confidence goes, isn't it? So we you know, we didn't let our heads go when, when Madrid equalised and, and buckle that way, when Dortmund took the lead in the in the other group game, we just came back and went on to win that game. And and each time that happens, I mean, you th- you just think of even Liverpool the other day to go a goal down in injury time, and you still come back at Anfield. And each time you do it, that that confidence comes that no problem here, no need to panic, and and just that maturity and, and a little bit more experience as players get older. They've they've just just getting that feeling now that yep, we're we're not a beat side, and let's keep going. And I think it's I don't think it's a I think it's as simple as that. You know, it's just that 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 reoccurring thing that each time you go down and come back you just get the confidence you can believe you can do it again
1: yeah Jason another question for you. Liam Beebe at just the Beeps says that that game it show the difference belief makes never gave up and pushed up until the whistle realistically, how far can we go in this competition? the sky seems to be the limit.
2: if we play like we did for for seventy five minutes of it, there's no reason why we can't can't go ahead and God, do you say go and win it? Well, <laughs> it's—I um, mean, you got to believe you can win it to start. Stranger
1: things have happened, Jace, haven't they? I mean, there's Stranger, been worse teams Stranger that have won the competition. Have happened, but yeah.
2: but then similarly, if you have, like I say, if we have another ten-minute spell like the the opening ten minutes, then you, you do that against the better sides. Well, Finish. Juventus are one of the better sides, but you, you certainly wouldn't want a ten-minute spell like that again. That's for right. sure. Right. You, uh, give yourself that battle. But all the time we're in the competition, there's no reason to think we can't go on and win. Just take it one game at a time. That's all you can do.
1: Yeah, very true. I mean, to have started as bad as that and to recover so remarkably against... Let's be honest, we've scored twice against a team they have had 14 clean sheets from 15 games. I mean, that's quite remarkable. And based on that 18 minutes, you surely still has you know, a great chance for Tottenham to really take the second leg to the Italian side. Let me ask you, John, I mean, let's talk about the team then, just to remind listeners out there. So, Pochettino rotated his squad from that convincing win over Arsenal, with Oria in for Trippier, whilst Lamella started in place of Son. Mora was on the bench again of a potential Spurs debut, which did eventually came. John, I want to ask you a couple of questions in about that starting eleven. Um Danny Walsh says, was you shocked that Lamella started that game with Sonny on the bench?
3: I wasn't actually I wasn't to be fair when Lamella come on against Arsenal we, he, he, didn't, he did make a difference and he, he played some good stuff and I think the fact that he's played all right, he's been dicked three times he's gone to <laughs> Juve with Roma I think it's 3-0 3-1 or 4-0 he's not a great record when they played there <laughs> but he does have experience of, of playing there and you know he's a I think he's the right man for the job during that game you know we did need a bit of work rate all over the pitch which Lamella you know he definitely gave and I thought he was really good I've, you know you can't really fault anybody to be honest with you apart from maybe the full backs with the penalty shouts but I weren't surprised I weren't surprised you th- you think the amount of games we've played recently we've been playing like three games a week for what seems like forever so to to have two changes from a, from a starting 11 it's, it's it's not like he's rotating it massively and you know we've got the squad that's good enough. It's not like two go out and two come in and it weakens it. Mm. You, you you'd say I, I think a lot of people would say Aurier for Trippier strengthens the back four and Lamella for Son. All right, you do lose Sonny's um, goal threat. I suppose you know Lamella's never going to score as many goals as Son does, but he was put there to do a job and he, he done it really well. And you can't you can't pick holes in that team. You just can't. It was the right the right eleven men for the job.
1: Yeah, I mean I say to consider this Tottenham team. And you think about it. Been to Madrid been at Dortmund and now in during this season's Champions League and left unbeaten, I mean, that is crazy. And becoming the first team to score against this Juventus side in their home stadium since November the 5th when Harry Kane has done it now, I mean, it's just incredible achievements wherever you go. The stats keep on rolling. Chase, let me ask you, though, one question. Looking back at the start of that game, I mean, let's not get away from it. A similar start, Jace, to the um, game at Anfield against Liverpool. I mean, what is our issue in terms of starting games, Jace? We do seem slowing off the pace. Is it a lack of concentration? What is it, Jace, for the opening start of games at the moment, away from home against these real top, top sides? It's
2: difficult to know, isn't it? I don't think it can be concentrated. If you're not concentrating from the first minute, then... You got a problem. It, mm. Concentration usually goes. The more tired you become in the game, well, and yeah. if it is a lack of concentration, then that's inexcusable. And I, it was just a. I mean, jan has been imperious, yeah. you know, more or less every single game. But he makes that initial mistake in the in the opening minute with a with a crazy ball into midfield that's that's nowhere near a, a spur Spurs shirt. And from that moment on, we we've got a problem on our hands. And you know, the fact that it's a bit offside doesn't really matter there's, there's enough chances for us to stop that goal and set up from that free kick you know it's as if I, I don't know quite what was going on because you should be able to I cannot imagine the team said when they have a free kick let's give Gonzalo Higuain the freedom of Turin <laughs> no I mean it's somebody must have been assigned to mark him and just didn't do their job and the frustration from that is Hugo as the skipper should be barking out when that's that free kick is being set up. Look, there's there's Iguain over there. Mm. Who's supposed to be marking him? So it was it was an inexcusable start. And like I say, I mean, if it is concentration, it's it's a problem we got to solve because it, it has happened too often. Like I mean, it happened at Newball, didn't it? We it were did. Yeah. we were almost a goal down inside two or three minutes there, and mm. we were a goal down in two minutes. So I'm sure Pochettino would love to be able to solve it.
0: Yeah.
1: Let me ask you, John. Can you put your finger on it as well? The situation about the sloppy starts in these big games away from home. Any thoughts on it?
3: Maybe a little bit of stage fright, I suppose, when you're talking about Juventus. I don't think we can apply that to going to Rodney Parade, to be no. honest, at Newport. But <laughs> it, I think what it is, is sometimes, you know, these teams, like we've we've played, um, as you said, we've played Real Madrid and Juventus now, who were the finalists last year. And we've played three games so far, obviously got the fourth one to come. And we've not lost. And I think, you know, we've been making ripples in Europe. You know what I mean? There would have been times gone by where they probably wouldn't have been taking much notice of us and probably thinking, oh, well, you know, that's us through. But this Tottenham team don't roll over for anyone. No. And maybe if they'd have, you know, seen our recent games and, you know, maybe maybe they saw that as a weakness, you know, if you can get us early. And to be fair, if that's what they planned, it certainly worked. But all I would say is that first goal was extreme skill from Higuain that was an unbelievable goal oh, i know what you're saying i know I, I agree exactly with what jace was saying about the the way the free kick was needlessly given away but from there that is just it's world class from there from there on the free kick by Pjanic and then the, the finish from midway was unbelievable but and then listen a, a ball into the box and that penalty that can happen at any time in the game i just think it was a it was a bad start obviously but you know, let's not dwell on that. Let's this, you know, we drew two two in the end. We're hmm. favourites now, I would say, going into the second leg, and I'm pretty sure that 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 well, I'm I'll, I'll frightened to say this, well. but it won't happen again, Rick. It won't happen again.
1: I hope you're right, John. You know, you've got to come back on this show, John. Bear that in mind. <laughs> 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 chase let me ask you about Ben Davis. I mean, I've got to say. The penalty listen, he's at fault. I mean he had a he had a tremendous game since then. And I think that really is testament to the guy. But I mean, initial thoughts, Jace, on that incident. He gave away the penalty. I mean, he, he did make a complete hash trying to win a ball. I mean, what was your thoughts on that incident at the time when you saw it?
2: Well, I think there's there's two parts to it. First of all, Igway peels off of round the back of Yan. And so he's he's left in a situation where he can see the danger is Igway. You, you certainly don't want to give him all that time and space again. So you you kinda of get attracted towards Iguaine and the ball then goes over the top of him. And you know, it's an excuse that, that he can say I wasn't aware of who was behind me, but for me, any defender at that level, you've got to be aware of who's behind you. So, you know, it was, it was a bad mistake for Ben Davis to make, but as we say, he's he's hardly put a foot all season and you know, he's probably long overdue a mistake and the the recovery of him from that moment on to to get through the rest of the game already on a booking I thought there was one noticeable part when they, they broke not long after going 2-0 up and Ben Davies was the last man. And you feel that, had that been Aurier or Sanchez, they may well have dived in and got themselves sent off at that stage. But Juve missed that chance because he didn't go and, and lunge in and made sure he did stay on the pitch. And, and he, he for the rest of the game, I thought he was exceptional again, Ben Davies. Didn't, didn't really get himself beaten too many times down his side at all. So a really good comeback from him.
1: Yeah, and John, I've got to ask you as well, I mean, it's easy for a player like that when he makes a mistake on the world stage in such a big, big game to go hiding, but does that kind of just sum up the kind of guy he is? I mean, he wasn't going to go hiding. You know, he played so well since that mistake, which you could have easily allowed to affect this game, but John, again, tremendous performance overall.
3: I think a lot of that comes down to the support from from his teammates. Mm, you yeah. know, you, you do get the real mm. sense that they are, they're all pals. They're, all, yep, they're playing they with their mates. Mm. And you know what it's like. We've all played we've all played, you know, Sunday League and all that and if you if your mate stuffs up, you know what I mean, you go and give him a pat, never mind, mate, you know what I mean? Chin up, we'll we, we go again. And I think it's that camaraderie I think shows in that situation as much as anything. You've got to have that self belief that you can go on and improve in the game and make a difference. And he did, he played well after that. But it's just yeah, I honestly put it down to the fact that, you know what I mean, if it there's certain other teams where it happens and then you know, they they don't get the ball passed to them for ten minutes and stuff like that. It don't happen at Tottenham. they all they'll love each other. They'll love playing with each other. I think it shows. I think you know. What I mean, you got to have a, some sort of testicular fortitude to come to come back from that so early on. And this is, do you know what? This is. You know, when in Pochettino's book, where you know we could have signed so many players. We're linked with that player. Linked with this player. And you know, a lot of the reason why we do or don't sign a player is because of their personality. And I think in situations like this. You know what I mean? Them them decisions get, get, you know, they're just highlighted and you go, this is why we brought this lad in. Yep. This is why. It's, you could say that for so many of them, not just mm. Davies. You know what I mean? And you, uh, it's just uh, it's, it's just a joy to watch. You don't care when they make a mistake, really. You go, I trust them to make a mistake. Even though it was 48 hours ago now, whatever it was, I'm still buzzing from it.
2: Yep.
0: Such
3: a great performance.
2: Christian Erickson made that point, didn't he? He said, you know, when I first got here, if we'd have had a start like that, we'd go on to lose a game five or six nil. Yeah. And yeah. you think of that, that horror game at Chelsea when Sherwood lost the plot. You think of that one where we were a goal down in what fifteen seconds at Man City and yeah. and he's right. We used to get a, a, the game at Liverpool that year when we were what four nil down at half time and things like that. And and we would have got battered. And the the fact we didn't is is testament to every single one of those players.
1: John, I want to come round to you, so it's that time that we have to discuss Sir Um Let's have it right, we was close to going 3-1 down at the time. Well, tell you what, actually let's talk about Harry Kane's goal first, because that came first at a time, John, where, listen, the game, you just felt we were slowly starting to work our way back into it. If you remember, Kane had a chance a couple of minutes earlier, bullet header, I mean, that at on which he saved, but John, at that moment, did you feel before Kane's goal, we were just starting to get a grip into this game?
3: Yeah, absolutely. You always got the feeling, you know, watching it. If we could score one before half time, then the second mm-hmm. half becomes dramatically different. You know, as as we're going to go on to talk about, it could have been three one at half yeah. time, but the fact that it was two one, you know, what I mean, we come out the second half and we, and we we carried on playing the way we'd been in the last half hour of the first half, and that goal is just it's such a lovely goal. I don't, to be fair, I don't like slating Buffon because he's one of the legends of the mm-hmm. game, especially in our lifetime. But I don't know what he's doing there. He made it so easy for Kane and you can't give him easy chances. Alright, there was still a fair bit to do. He's he's gone fairly wide, he's on his weaker foot. Although I think he scored nine with each foot in the league. So I don't know if he's got a weak foot really, Harry. But <laughs> yeah, it was it the timing of it was, was very, very important. It was a lo- it was a lovely goal. It was, you know, like I say, it set us up nicely for the start of the second half.
1: It did. I mean, Jace, i got to ask you, Ali slipping that ball into Kane. And it was a finish, as cool as you like. You know, someone you kind of think on that kind of stage, you're up against, you know, let's not like beat around the bush. He's one of the best goalkeepers, if not the greatest goalkeeper, you would say, in the modern day history, Buffon. But Kane, as cool as you like, Jace. I mean, he is like that in front of the goal, and he's just ice cool
2: the chance fell to the right man didn't it he'd missed that earlier one but I think even with the earlier one once you start there's such a good side defensively with that record that once once we kind of had that first chance you thought wow we've got got in and behind them and we're we've got them at full stretch here and then he had that kind of scuff shot as well Kane didn't he between the header and, and he actually scored where again he found himself in space and you're starting to think we, we can definitely get in there and hurt them. So the goal kind of felt overdue when it came rather than it being a, a surprise one. But yeah, when that chance comes, you hope it's going to fall to the, the big man, don't you? And don't forget, that's the second time he's he scored past Booth on this season yeah. as well. Yeah. So he's getting used to that as well.
1: Not bad at all. Nine goals in nine Champions League appearances for Harry Kane. A new European Cup record for the fastest player to score the nine goals is equal Stephen Gerrard's record for most goals scored in a single Champions League campaign by an Englishman top scorer in Europe this season. Um, and like I say, 33 goals in all competitions, John. I mean, anything you can add to Harry Kane's superlatives, John, that we haven't mentioned already this season? We're running out of them, aren't we?
3: Well, you say he's world-class, Rick, but can he do it on a warm afternoon in August? Well... You know what I mean? <laughs> this is the question that's this yet to be answered. <laughs> and we won't know until <laughs> until next season starts, will we? No. No, listen, he's unbelievable. He's, he, do you know what? The rate at which he's he's scoring it's just ridiculous mm. you never like going back through especially like you know our lifetime you never thought that Tottenham would have anyone near winning golden boots and stuff and not in, in our non-
1: not in actual kind of unearthed John by ourselves as well do you know that's, you know, that, trains, isn't it? Yeah.
3: that's what makes it even more ridiculous mm. though Ricky because yeah, honestly yeah, yeah. Mm. 99.9% of us would have said he, he probably won't make more than say 20 first team appearances for Tottenham he'd had yeah. uh, the, the last two loans he had at Leicester and Norwich weren't as uh, fruitful as he'd have liked to them to have been, and you just think he's got no future at this club. We, we at the time we had Soldado, we had Edibayo, who we were established strikers on big Defoe, money.
1: Defoe as well, yet
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. Def- that's right. Yeah, yeah, Defoe was still there, and you think you know, what I mean, there's there's no chance he's going to. He'll end up being sold for three million into the championship or whatever, and no one's seen it coming, and that's just what makes it even more ridiculous because it just it, 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 uh, he's unbelievable. He's you yeah. see that this bloke right. He's everything he's got. He's worked so hard for, and you and you, we love him for it. Mm. Like you can just tell, he's you know what I mean. When you hear all these stories about him linked with this club, that club, I think it's all nonsense to be honest. And I, I reckon in in the next, in five years' time, when he's still at Tottenham, we'll be able to say, "Well, there you go." And when he's won a few pots with us, mm. It's just ridiculous because it, no one saw it coming. No. To, to go and do to go do go and do what he's doing in the Champions League, and like I say, banging him in every week in the Premier League. It's ridiculous. It's, it's, there's nothing else I can say about him. I, I love the bloke and I, oh, he's a, I love watching him play. He's a joy.
1: Yeah. Well, I'll tell he's what, a joy. Let's talk about a guy that some of us might not love watching him play at times. I'm laughing already. I don't know why I'm laughing. Ricky, stop it. Serge Um Jace, you kind of pride yourself on the word about game craft and Serge, bless him. I mean, maybe you'll be getting there eventually. <laughs> but, um, I mean, Jace, what a rash challenge in a game that, you know, came work so hard like John says, to get us back into it. Will he go and give it away again, Jace? I mean, Serge, what can you say about him?
2: Well, so it will show a lot of gamecraft in the in the second leg, only he, when he's forced to sit and watch from, the, from up in the stands. You know, he might, but unfortunately, he won't learn his lesson from it. Will he? I just, I don't know with the with the penalty. I mean, I thought Ben Davies' challenge was rash. Whereas I think Aurier's was was what I call a desperation challenge. I think, give Douglas Costa a bit of credit. I thought Douglas Costa had, had done him for pace. And the one thing we expect of Aurier, of all the attributes he's got, is supposedly pace. But... It's astonishing how often when people run at him, they've actually run past him. And, Mm. you know, he shows a lot more pace going forward than he does going backwards. But Mm. I think Douglas Costa had had done him, really. He got past Sanchez really easy, didn't he, to start that. And maybe Sanchez could have tried a little shirt pull or tried to stop it at source. But once he got running at Aurier and he did Aurier, you started to think, well, if Aurier doesn't make a challenge here, and we're all annoyed that he, he makes the type of challenge that he does, but... If he doesn't try and make a challenge, then Costa's done him and he has a free shot at goal or he, he squares it to Higuaín. So I think he kind of got into a situation where he thinks, I've got to do something. Mm. And then he, he made a desperate lunge. And um, it, it wasn't quite the rashness that, that we perhaps expect of him, whereas, whereas I think lots of people have used that word. But as I say, it was just desperation and the realisation he'd actually been done himself.
1: Mm. And I've got to ask you, John, Tom Taylor, at that guy Tom says what the hell has happened to Aurier looks so good against Dortmund in September amazing result against Juventus up the Spurs I think I agree with you on that one Tom but John what I want to ask you mainly is that you know listen you're level-headed about a lot of things when it comes to Spurs I mean let's break them down John some of Aurier's games that you know he could have cost us you know we had the game against Juventus, I want to start with. You know, a totally different game. If it goes to three-one at half time. You had an identical situation, John, and the Bernabeu. You had the West Ham away, the needless red card that almost cost us the game. I mean, John, twenty appearances so far, three huge individual er- errors. I want to ask you: Pochettino, incredibly loyal or incredibly patient, John? What fence are you on?
3: Well, I think, first of all, he's he's nutty as a fruitcake. That's the problem. <laughs> That's part of it. He, he's got a screw loose, the fella. But <laughs> I think. What it is is, he's, he's he seems to be this kind of guy who's he's he's, he's talented, obviously, mm. but he's he's just. I think if he has a quiet five minutes, he feels like he's got to do something, to, to try and get yeah. noticed. Yeah, I think. Do you know what it is? Right, he's got the best manager in the world. He's playing under one of them blokes who will iron that kind of thing out of him. And after twenty games, is it is it really? You know, what I mean, that's quite a quick turnaround if you're expecting a massive change in the way he plays. And he's come from a side. Let's not forget who were used to battering teams in the league week in, week out. Not too much defensive responsibility. That's very True, true. Mm. I'm not. I'm not saying that we are. We're not battering teams week in, week out. Obviously, that we've we've not lost a game since the 16th of December. You know what I mean? You know, it's, it's quite a while that we're we're playing well. You know, it, it would be doing more attacking and defending lately, and I think maybe that's just the issue. I think you know, if you're going forward, and and that's 80 percent of your game. That twenty percent is what needs working on, and obviously he does need to work on it. It's just this decision making, Rick.
0: Mm.
3: What what makes every, look, listen? Every professional footballer is a good footballer, right? Obviously, others, otherwise they won't be professional. Yeah. What 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 what, what um, separates the elite from the great? You know what I mean? From the great to the good, from the good to the average is purely decision making, in my opinion. It's what goes on in between their ears which makes a difference, and you can coach that. Pochettino will coach that out of him. I've got no no doubt. The only thing that worries me a little bit with him is that he reminds me at twenty four twenty five as, you know, Kyle Brainfart Walker as we used to call him. Yeah. And it Indeed. did take it. it took Poch a year or two, you know what I mean, to iron that out of Walker's game and you must say that the last two seasons Walker had under Pochettino, he was incredibly consistent yep. in terms of not, not mucking up. You know what I mean? And made a positive contribution. And I think the th- one thing you can say is that Auree has made more positive contributions to us than negative ones. You know the cross which led to the own goal in the Bernabeu was obviously an important one which springs to mind.
1: Mm.
3: He's a he's, he's beautifully lofted goal that he scored against Brighton, which he, he obviously meant.
1: <laughs> oh, of course, yeah, yeah know, definitely, yeah, yeah.
3: You know what I mean? So, and there's been games in which he, he's played really well. You know, as you said before, the, the Dortmund one. I think after you know after not very long in the game, and he's I think it was just the start of the second half, and he's dummying yeah. a cross <laughs> and getting it to get out of trouble. And you know what I mean? In his own box. Well, you're watching it and you're going. My arsehole's pouting a little bit, but I trust him. <laughs> you got you got to give you got to give a bit of trust. Yeah, and I think Potch will iron him out, and it, it'll be all right. It'll end up being a good player for us. I've got no doubt. It may just be
2: a. I was gonna okay. say, it may just be a little bit of overconfidence in him, as as John says. He's he's used to of having had it relatively easy in France, and so he he thinks you know this, blo- this bloke's not going to skim me alive, and he's almost a little bit complacent in that. And then he's he's caught a little bit by surprise when he. Suddenly sees sees the backside of somebody going past him, and he's just not used to that. Um, I'd be interesting to see how, how big a part he played in that that PSG collapse in Barca last year, because he came on in with about 15 minutes to go in that one. But you know, I, I can't honestly. I'd have to look back at the goals that that Paris let in that night. But I, I think you know, as John says, he'll be all right. I'm sure he'll he'll get better next year. And and that rashness that, that we keep seeing will get coached out of him, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, I've got to make you laugh, Jase. Question from Janet Elias. This is a funny one. He says, How poor is Sergio out of Soko sitting in front of him? Looks like he finally settled the question of what Sissoko does. Well,
2: he's, he's got a point. Moussa yeah, Sisoko has helped him a lot this year. <laughs> and, um, wow, a bit of loving for Moussa Sissoko. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant.
1: We try and fit it in when we can. We try and fit it in. But tell you what, there's a lot of love in for this guy next that we're going to talk about, John. And that's Christian Eriksen. I mean, he found gaps in at Juventus defence, John, that hadn't conceded a goal for almost 100 days. I mean, he really is, John, isn't he? A world-class playmaker. I mean, Ali went down under the challenger, Kilini and Eriksen, John, that free kick. I mean, he simply rolled it under the jumping, warm and pass Buffon. Yeah, he's all right, that Eriksen, isn't he?
3: He's, he's all right. not too bad. He's all right. Yeah, no, I think, do you know what it is? It, every time you watch him take a free kick for what seems like forever since he scored one, you go, it's got to be this one, you've got to be this one. And that was a perfect position for him to, sh- to to have a go from. All right, he was a little bit close. But then that's why I don't understand how it's allowed to go in. Because if you're a goalkeeper, you're you're looking at that thinking, right, it, that's going to be hard to get that over the wall and under the crossbar. So I was, I was expecting him to hit a low one. But I think the fact that, you know... Buffon he got a little touch on it didn't he same as uh, Hugo with both of their goals Mm. he was a little bit Timmy chocolate wrists I think Hugo for both of theirs to be honest but same with Buffon for the free kick but it was so well placed that you know that slightest little touch couldn't, couldn't stop it from going in and Yes, we, he's owed us a free kick for a while, and yeah. I'm pleased he got one. What a time to pick to uh, to bang one in, eh?
1: Very true. I mean, Jason, like Johnson's he's owed us one from a, for a while. I mean, his last one was against Swansea in October 2015. I mean, that feels like a long, long time ago. Jace, what was your thoughts when he was stepping up for that free kick? Did you fancy his chances?
2: Well, you, well, you knew he was going to take it more than Eric Lamella, despite mm. all the... The hands over the mouth. Well, the whole and, no, cocoa, uh, no
1: might have been a giveaway. No, cocoa. No, no, exactly. <laughs>
2: wasn't it brilliant to see Michael Dawson's reaction oh, to it as well? It? On, yeah.
1: Oh
2: uh, Over on Sky at the time. Yeah. And, and Michael Dawson was definitely calling for Erickson to take it. But no, it was, <laughs> it was a long overdue finish. But John's right. I mean, it wasn't even absolutely right in the corner, was it? I mean, he... <laughs> I mean, Buffon probably should have stopped it, but you you still got to say, right, that's where I'm going to put the ball and and have that calmness to go ahead and do it. And he obviously second guessed Buffon, so that's that's the important thing. And hopefully now it's not two and a bit years till till we next see one.
1: Well, fingers crossed, hopefully it's not. I mean, again, we said about the stats out that Juventus had not conceded a single goal this year before Spurs turned up and had never surrendered a two-goal lead in the Allianz Stadium since moving there back in 2011. I mean, John, that's incredible, isn't it? The fact that Spurs come back from behind against a team that are renowned for keeping clean sheets and don't let a couple of goals in at their own gaff.
3: It does, it does. It just it adds to the, the magic that this Champions League run has mm. been so far, doesn't it? I think, you know... I, I follow the Italian league fairly closely. I do like my Sunday afternoons for Italia on BT nowadays and Juve have always been one of them sides. They play a typical, you know, catenaccio as they say in Italy. Like they, You have to unpick the lock, otherwise you're not scoring. And they've always been good defensively. They, you don't get to two Champions League finals in three years if, if you can't keep clean sheets. And I think, if you, you look at it like that, it just makes it even more ridiculous that we did manage to score two. But at the same time, was you surprised? I wasn't. I'll always... Oh, you're John,
1: didn't you? I mean, especially half-time, John. You just felt there's more goals in this for us, didn't you?
3: Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. I, I never thought it had been 2-1. When, when you're going at half-time, 2-1 down, I never thought this would be the final score. And you hope, like I say, you hope we come out and carry on the way we played in the last half an hour of the first half. We did and we managed to to, to score again. And you just, It's just one of them games. If it had been, if we'd have scored that... Ericsson scores that free kick 10 minutes earlier, yeah. then you just never know, no, do I you? I want it. Not I meant. want it.
1: Yeah, definitely the momentum exactly. was with us. It was, like I say, epic, epic finish to a game. Jace, we're going to talk about Moussa Dembele. Again, another phenomenal performance away from home. I say home, Wembley, on Wednesday night in Turin. I mean, let's not forget Jace. I mean, he's had, to be honest now, four top-level games in Man United, Arsenal, Liverpool and now Juventus. And you can arguably say, Jace, he's probably been man the match in all of them.
2: Yeah, he had a decent game, the old boy, didn't he? The <laughs> to him. But no, I mean, I was really worried coming into this run of games and kept saying it, it, I, I feared that we'd seen the best of him. And I think it, with some justification, because he, he hadn't put together performances like that this season. But you're right, to to play Man United, Liverpool, Arsenal, and then, then that lot, and be man of the match in all four, he's just just been imperious in those four games. And uh, you know, to see him play on that stage and put in a performance like that, it's been fantastic to see a lot of the the journalists and the pundits giving him the, the rightful amount of of praise this week and his his name's been on the back pages of most papers and, and it's it's been long overdue because he's he's played like that for most of his time, let's be fair, for three years. But to see him get back to that form was just brilliant. And I just wonder with with Moose maybe, you know, when when so many people will say we need to wrap him up in cotton wool between games and, and don't play this one, don't play that one. Maybe it's the fact that he's suddenly playing four massive games almost back to back at that intensity. Maybe it helps him. So to me, if he wants to play at Rochdale, Sandy, I'd say him go and play there rather than having a, a week off of, of inactivity for him. But he's, he's been fantastic in that run and, and deserves all the praise he's got this week.
1: Yeah, I mean, John. Question. Oh, say, question. This is from Getting Worse. I hope. I always said this. I hope this is not a a signal for that. I mean, he says another colossal performance by Dembélé. Should Daniel Levy offer him a contract, even if he can only play a few games a season? Just need to save him for the more important ones. John, what's your thoughts on that, Dembélé?
3: I think Jay's spot on. I think if if you're talking about saving him for the for the important ones, you know, like we used to have to do with Ledley King. Mm. I don't think Dembélé's injury worries or anything like Ledley's were, obviously, but. Jay's so right? If he he's coming to this team to to start these big games, and he's been he has been a colossus. It's the right word for sure. And I think he, he's benefiting from from all these minutes. I think he's one of them players that once he gets up ahead of steam and he comes into some form, you've got to keep him in there. And then I just hope that it continues for as long as possible. You know what I mean? There's not many players who are able to come in and to turn it on and off when they get a chance, as we've seen with you know some of the the squad players, if you like. And he's definitely one of our best eleven players, Dembélé. When he's fit, he's got to play. And I think that the more he plays, you know what I mean, as long as injuries permitting, as long as nothing else, as, well, nothing serious happens to him, I'd keep him in there. Like Jay said, even for Rochdale, I think if 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 the players that don't play at Rochdale we get is it one day short of a fortnight's break? I think because we play Palace Monday night the following week, don't oh. we? So m- maybe that two week break wouldn't be a good thing for Dembélé. I mean, obviously we'll see we'll see who the manager picks, but. You can't. He's undroppable at the minute, Rick. That's just how it is. He's been unbelievable recently. He's played, like you say, he's played a big part in all four of the, the, our recent decent performances and he, he's given a positive contribution in all of them. He's been man of the match, what, three out of the last four
1: games. Yeah, incredible.
3: Undroppable.
1: Yeah. Undroppable. John, how much credit do you think the coaching staff has to take? Because clearly whatever they've done at the moment, the fitness regime, the schedule is on. I mean, it seems to be working. Do they have to take a huge amount of credit for being able to manage him like they have? Because if we can keep him on the pitch and in the form he's in. I mean there's no doubt about it, John, he's is one of the best midfielders, not in just the Premier League but in Europe, isn't he?
3: Oh, absolutely he is. I think if you you know, f- from the coaching and fitness side of your side uh, point of view, I think obviously these players have tailored regimes that yeah, they that they very
1: pick much so.
3: to. Mm. It's not like under they Ramos when they were drinking potato water or whatever it was <laughs> and all that I, I, I remember. Jermaine's no Harry Bows. Yeah, no Harry Bows, no ketchup. No, I think it's listen, Pochettino has been there for long enough now, which is a massive bonus of having a manager there for more than two minutes, that he gets to know all of these players as, as people as well as players. They He knows what they need. He understands them. And I think that when you've got, you know, someone like Dembele, that, that he does need to be wrapped in cotton wool to a certain extent because we've seen, you know, we've seen him break down and then he'll go through a stage where he can't manage 90 minutes for a couple of months. And, yeah, the, obviously, the, the, the coaching side of things is massively important to him. I think, you know, like Ledley going back to him, he used to just swim, didn't he, during the week? And it, it, that was that was good enough for him. I don't think like, I don't think we're anywhere near that point with Dembélé yet. As I forgot to answer about giving him a new contract. I'm so excited still. I'm still going off on one. What do think, you know, John? I, think, I think I think he's got 18 months left.
0: Mm.
3: So I think maybe in the summer, maybe a two a new two year deal, and I think that takes him up to probably what would be more or less the end of. Moussa Dembele as a top-level performer, although you don't know, but no. you'd, you'd mm. say 32, 33, maybe. By then, hopefully, we would have brought in someone who can learn from him anyway and, and take over from him when he does go. Yeah. But yeah, all the time he's playing like this, he's undroppable. So I'd say get the checkbook out, mate.
2: Also don't, you also don't know with him whether he'll, he'll quit Belgium after the World Cup as well, don't you? So, you know, he'd he, he get those natural periods when he can he can That's he can go off to Barbados, sit on a sunbed for a, for a week if he wants to and, and get himself back. And then, you know, that saves you having to rotate him around if he's getting those international breaks.
3: Yeah, absolutely. That's a good point. We've seen it before, haven't we, with players doing that? And they suddenly become more important for their clubs. I think it would make sense, I've, quite honestly. I think we've seen with the Belgian national team, Roberto Martinez has played for Laney when he's had Dembele available. So if 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 that's the case, you know, maybe he will get this World Cup out of the way and then retire. Like Jay said, he's, it should keep him fresher. I think to be fair, I think this twisted ankle that Harry Kane's got, I'm not I'm not saying it's a myth, but I reckon he might be going away somewhere warm for the next few days for a rest, <laughs> Harry. So maybe that would help Dembele as well.
1: Yep. And you can't blame Harry if he is, he's been in such great form. Listen. We'll have to see whatever team we put out this weekend. We're going to come on to the the Rochdale preview shortly. Um, Hopefully, whatever team we put out should be adequate enough. But it is Tottenham. We know what Tottenham are like, especially after a great performance. But, I mean, just to finish up on Dembele, I have to say from my perspective, I mean, it just seems so hard to take the ball off him. I mean, hard to push him off the ball. Just such a unique force. And when he's in that full flow, there is no one that can stop him, even the great Juventus. From one Belgian to another, John... Jan Vertonghen, I mean, again, listen, we give Jan so much praise on this show. And we have to again mention Jan, he, listen, John, a Rolls-Royce of a defender, isn't he? He's held our defence together in the absence of Toby Alderfield for the past two seasons. I mean, do you think, Johnny's vastly underrated at times, Jan?
3: I think he, I think he is underrated. I think he, he goes under the radar as far as the world of football is concerned outside of us Tottenham fans. Obviously, I think we, we all, you know, as you said, we know how good he's mm. been and how good he is and how important he is for us. He's a, he's a massive part of of what's been good about Tottenham over the past two or three years. You know he's been there. What's it five or six years now? And he's he's one of them players who's he's just he's been all the time. He's happy. I think Ten could it could be a little bit moody, can yeah? But when he when he's happy and he's on form, he's, he's imperious. If you're talking about being able to balance a back line, he's a perfect player. Perfect. He's got such a sweet left foot, as you said. Rolls Royce is you know it's a perfect. Perfect uh, way of describing him, I would say. I think he's he's he does go unnoticed, but not not by us. You know, we know he's one of our most important players, and he's another one I wish he was three or four years younger.
1: Yeah. He's incredible, isn't he? I mean, Jace, anything for you, you want to add on Yan for talking that you haven't said before? <laughs>
2: yeah Difficult as he says to say so honest, something new, I mean every week we're talking you know, uh... about Jan. I mean, I was stunned when when people were were picking a joint derby side in the build-up to Saturday and they were putting Kos Clowney in, in front of him. And I just think, what an insult that is. I mean, he's a far better defender than Kos Clowney will ever be. And, he's you know, all you can say with Jan this year, we've missed Toby for three months and our season has not collapsed. And a lot of that is down to Jan. He's been fantastic, mate.
1: Yeah, he has indeed. And Jason, let me stick with you then. So Eric Lamella on that Juventus game afterwards, he said, we looked at each other at 2-0 down and said, this game cannot finish like this and we had to change things. Jason, I think it's fair to say there's been a swarm of, you know, loving for Lamella over these last couple of weeks. I'm sure his, um flirt with Jack Wilshere may have had something to do with it. But where <coughs> do you sit on the Lamella fence now? Because we're getting to that stage where there's 18 months left to go. There's rumours that Spurs may be triggering his contract for the extra, I think, year or so, which will take up to 2020. What's your thoughts on it? Because he's only been back, really, Jase, let's be honest, for a couple of months. He's not had many starts. I mean, yeah, tell us what you think about Lamella, (sighs) long-term.
2: Will he get a new call? We don't know, mate. All all I said, I think I said it last week, is that when he gets these opportunities, he's got to grab them with two hands. And he certainly... he took his chance on, on Tuesday night. I mean, he's, he's rolling, winning the free kick that Ericsson scored from. He, he took a lovely ball, let it run across his body, and then hit a fantastic little reverse ball into Delhi, which which won us the free kick. And that's that's the type of cleverness and the the technique that he's got. He just needs to do that between now and the end of the season at every single opportunity that he gets. And hopefully he gets another opportunity this Sunday because you know he certainly probably doesn't need a break. He does need game time. And um, you're, you're right, probably the words with, with Jack has, has got one or two of the doubters on his side. So, you know, that's, that's a good thing. Maybe that shows this. there's plenty of, of passion and that inside of him. And, and he's just got to keep showing it. And let's, let's hope that he does, mate.
1: Yeah, I mean, John, he was absolutely key for that second goal for the Erickson free kick. John, where, where do you stand on Eric Lamella and his long-term future at Tottenham? Is it still too early? Because he is only been back, let's be honest, I've said a couple of months or so.
3: I think the one thing you can say about his return, it immediately made the bench look a lot deeper. Oh, it
1: did. Yeah, yeah and,
3: and, and when and the thing is as well, like I say, when he come on that cameo against Arsenal and uh, at Liverpool before that, you know, he's, he does make a difference. He, I think he knows now he's probably at a little bit of a crossroads as far as his career is concerned. He's either got to prove himself, perhaps. You know, he's got more competition now than at Tottenham than he had when he first arrived. You know, the likes of Townsend and Lennon, as much as we love them lads, you know what I mean? We've we've gone up a level in terms of the quality in the squad now. And the fact that he's still there and you know what I mean, there's plenty of clamour for him to play every game. Mm, most
1: certainly. You know what I
3: mean? There is. He's he's still I think he's still loved by the majority of the fan base. I know there's always going to be people that are a little sceptical, but he just needs to he needs an injury free run, you know what I mean? He basically he lost what, thirteen months of his career. So if you think if he hadn't have lost them, what's what kind of player we could have been talking about, you know what I mean. If you'd have been able to play the majority of the games in that in, during that period, I think we give him, you know, as, as long as he needs. And like, you know, like I've said many, many times, if Pochettino wants in, and I want him as well,
2: he needs that big goal, doesn't he? He needs,
3: yeah,
0: he he needs does, a really yeah.
2: big goal. I mean, yeah. he scored against Man United, but it was a third in a 3 0, and he scored in that, that game against City, but it was the fourth in a 4 1. He just needs. Let's say it's Man City coming up or that game at Stanford Bridge. Imagine if he gets the goal that wins that game at Stanford oh, Bridge and he wins 20, you know, 27 years or whatever it is. He needs a goal of, of that magnitude, I, th- I think. Or even if it was a last-minute equaliser or it's the goal that puts us through a, a Champions League game now. Just a really big one like that and, and he'll be flying then, I think.
1: Yeah. Z-Man asked the question. What a resilient performance. The moment wasn't too big for this team after going... Down to nil. Credit to Pochettino because he never panicked. Did you like what you saw of Lucas Moura in his two to three minute intro? Let's start with you, Jase. What did you make of Lucas Moura in a Tottenham shirt for the first time?
2: I did because it just the very first thing he do was you picked the ball up and ran at somebody. And you know, I've said it was fun, haven't it? I love that positivity of, of somebody that wants to run at a defender and commit him and. You know, it was, it was only he probably only had two or three touches of the ball, but yeah, there looks to be a player in there, and and the reputation that he's come with, we know that this, be fair, we know he's, there's a fair old player in there. So it was fantastic to see him come on, and I think we're all now waiting to to see him start at Rochdale and, and let's get 90 minutes into him.
1: Yeah, Joey also asked the question. He only had a few touches, but what did the panel make of him, John? Let's ask you as well. I mean, Joey seems to say he seems to come on and play down the middle. I'm personally hoping he'll be. On the right flank, what do you think, John, in terms of his position long-term?
3: I think we can't read too much into what happened um, in Juventus. I mean, he came on, he did he did play more central. But then by then, Juventus were defending so deep, there, there was no chance really to utilise his pace. But like Jay said, first yeah, Jay of all, he, he does get the ball and he, and he starts driving at people. And as Jay also said earlier, like the fact that Pochettino brought him on, brought Son on as well and really had a go for it. I think if, if, when, when, when we're chasing a game or even if we're just trying to apply more pressure, maybe score more goals, as we was on Tuesday. He's one of them perfect players to bring on because you've got tired legs in the defence who are thinking, Jesus, they're bringing on some little whippet here who I know is fast. <laughs> so, I think in terms of his long-term position, I know he's played like the majority of his time in France on the right wing. And that That is predominantly his position. So, <clears throat> I think it's it a good signing, really, because if you think Son plays... you know most of his time on the left. You've got them three behind Kane. There's no real out-and-out winger on the other side of the pitch where Ericsson's been more right-sided of of those three. So, you know, there's time now. You know, like I said to you before, if Poch thinks that Ericsson could be the quarterback in some games, if you like, and play alongside Dembele or Dyer or whoever's playing there, there's a lot of attacking players on that pitch then. And there's Mm. a lot of, you know, destructive players who can all score goals. And uh, hopefully, uh, Lucas will get off the mark on Sunday. That'd be nice, wouldn't it?
1: That would be nice indeed. I mean, the great thing I thought, what I saw about him in those couple of minutes was, different of the likes of Ng and Inkudu that we've had, is that Mora seemed to get the ball and just run at players. Whereas you felt, with at times of Ng and Inkudu, they were waiting for the ball all the time. They wouldn't really take the ball, of the neck and go with it. Whereas Mora already showed that kind of confidence in the opening minutes. So I'm hoping. It's third time lucky. I mean, it is early days. But like you say, John, he will most certainly probably play against Rochdale at the weekend, which we're going to touch upon in a couple of minutes' time. Um, but yeah, really like him what I've seen in the opening minutes. Fingers crossed there's a player in there to come. Before we wrap up on the EVE review, I cut the stats I did miss out. I and mean, you know, we anyone who listens to this show know we we love our stats. Jason as well loves his stats. Moussa Dembele alone accounted for 10.2% of the overall possession between Spurs and Juventus, which we had 67% away at Juventus in the Allianz Stadium. An absolutely cracking stat. Absolutely love that. I had to squeeze that in there. Guys, it's that time of the show. We're going to have a quick chat about Ryan Mason before we move on to Rochdale. Sad news this week with the guy unfortunately having to announce his retirement from the game. And John, I'll start with you. I mean, a player that came through the ranks at Tottenham. At a time, John, where look, Pochettino's era at Spurs, it could have been a lot different. Or it may not have been what it is now without Ryan Mason's involvement in that Forest game where he took the ball, scruff of the neck, put it in the top corner. and Pretty much, John, you say that's where the journey for Poch... And Spurs began or changed you. You think?
3: Yeah, quite possibly things could have been much different. You know, there's 15 minutes left of that game. We're one nil down at home tonight in the forest, and on comes Mason and smashes one in from 25 yards. I think it was it was obvious from the start that Pochettino had a lot of trust in him. You know, he he chucked him in away at Arsenal, didn't he, for his he first did. start? Yeah. And uh, he he played well in that game.
1: Very well. You know
3: what I mean? So I think if you if you're if you're talking about players who, again, like we're talking about Kane. Making an unexpected journey into the first team and, and making an impact, Mason at 23, I think he was when when he made his first start for Tottenham. That's late for any for any kid who's come through a youth system. He has so many loans. You know, he didn't he didn't pull up many trees at clubs like Yeovil. So the fact that he come back and and Millwall as well, you know, the fact that he come back and forged a career in the Premier League for himself says a lot about the character of the man and. It was really gutting, really, really gutting to see that he's had to retire. It's just one of them freak things that a footballer would do thousands of times during their career. You know, go up for a corner and at any moment, you know what I mean, that their dreams can be snatched away from them. I think all we could say, you know, for Mason is there's not many players who get an England cap, get the captain spurs, get the score goals for Tottenham mm. in, in Europe and in the Premier League and, yeah, it's a real shame. I've got a lot of love for Ryan Mason. As you said, he was one of the pioneers at the beginning of that Pochettino era. era sorry, With, you know, him and you had obviously Harry Kane, Nabil Bentele, players like that. Young lads who come in and really made a difference and showed the expensive flops like Paulinho and players like that, how it's done and what it means to wear that shirt. And, all right, I know, I'm. you know, at the t- let's not, I'm not going to be too rose-tinted glasses here. There weren't any point where I thought Ryan Mason's going to, you know, make a dent with Tottenham in the Champions League or go on to, you know, even as far as he did go, to be honest, there were times where you think he's, he's, he's fairly limited as much as he was a decent player. Yeah. But we do remember him fondly because, one, because he was one of our own. And two, because he always, always, well, he always showed that kind of fan-like hunger when he was playing. And, it, you know, you, you, what can you say? You can't knock him. No. It's really, just really, really sad news, and I hope that he, uh, I hope that Pochettino brings him back to the club, and we'll see him alongside John McDermott and Scott Parker uh, looking after the youth teams pretty soon, hopefully.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's no argument about it, Jay. Coming over to you, he always gave hundred percent for this club, especially no, like Spurs. I mean, words from Maurizio. He says he is and always will be special for me because he represents the change in all the process when we arrived at Tottenham. Don't worry, Ryan. You are going to be successful person outside the pitch I mean he has since you know there's been rumours about maybe him coming back into the coaching staff like John has said Jace I mean it's an emotional week isn't it Ryan Mason because there's been such an outpouring of love for him on social media he's been on talk sport as well I think he's coming to terms with the fact now that he won't be playing the game again I mean what's your thoughts on the Ryan Mason situation this week
2: it is incredibly sad, and, and the type of injury that he got was 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 horrible. The, the night it happened, wasn't it? We, we we followed the the media reports for a couple of days, and, and you know prayed that the, the boy would make any type of recovery so um, to see him even being able to sit up in an interview room is, is is a lot better than we thought it could have been at that stage but let's just let's give him a, a proper time to make his decisions of, of which way he wants to go and if we can get him involved in the club brilliant if he wants to go and something else or he wants to have a two-year holiday and just just have a bit of family time then let him have that it was also nice to see peter check wasn't it with a yeah with a nice so. message for yeah. him and and i know peter check has um has been quite involved with him since since the accident happened. I think he's gone to his his house three or four times and that. So it's nice to see how the football world can come together like that. But I spent a bit of time with Ryan there in uh, Malaysia when Tottenham came there a couple of years ago, and uh, he he was part of a number of the things that the club were doing with fans. they, they throw players out there, but. But it was always Harry and always Mason and in fairness, always Andros Townsend that would, would do absolutely everything. And maybe that was because they have that feeling of being the fan. And um, it was fantastic signing shirts, signing books long before, uh, long after all the rest of the players had got on the buses, him, Harry and Townsend would still be signing away. So absolutely fantastic. And the relationship with the fans was was so important to him.
1: Yeah, very much so. We'll always be a player in our hearts. Hopefully, there'll be a place for him at Tottenham. You know, Let's wait and see in terms of him coming back to the club in some form of a capacity. Guys, let's talk about Rochdale then for this Sunday in the FA Cup. Starting with you, John. They've gone and splashed out 500k on a new pitch and they a prepared for this FA Cup showdown against Tottenham. They'll be saying no excuses, John. The pitch is in place. We're the first to play on it. What's your thoughts going into this one?
3: Well, I was hoping we'd keep the pick because, you know, Lucas <laughs> is going to make his first start, hopefully, and he would have played plenty of beach football as a kid in Brazil. <laughs> Might have helped him out. No, I think, listen, I think that you, as much as there was a bit uneasy with people coming out, like Pochettino especially, and commenting on their pitch, he had a point, to be fair. When Millwall went there in the last round, it was disgraceful. There's, there's no two ways about it. But the fact that they've done it, it probably plays more into our hands, doesn't it, you'd like to think. Mm. If there's like a slick, nice brand new surface for us to roll the ball around on you know let's be honest if if Rodney Parade Newport had Wembley's pitch we wouldn't have needed a replay I don't think it's as simple as that our, I know it's because our players are pampered Premier League stars who are used to playing on the carpet of a pitch every week you know I I, I can see it, it only helps Tottenham in my opinion and hopefully you know we won't need a replay this time and we'll, uh, we'll have a quarter to look forward to oh,
1: fingers crossed John from your mouth to God's ears I mean Jace they bottom of League one i They've only won five games all season. But let's be honest, FA Cup, we know what it's like. Form does go out the window. I mean, Newport, look at the game they gave us. I mean, what kind of change are you expecting from them?
2: I expect a tough one from them because playing Tottenham will lift them. Not not being arrogant about it. We saw it what it did to Newport. And, you know, it's, it's a big chance for some of those boys to play a, a game in front of the nation and, and catch the eyes of, of people further up the, the table and and into the championship and things. So you know, what a great chance to impress you, you've got as a Rochdale player. And I think they'll be well up for it. And it will be the, the question, have we improved from Newport and do we get 45 minutes at the start of the game where, where we're not arrogant and we don't don't get caught by surprise with anything, and we're prepared to roll our sleeves up and battle from the first minute, and and not let them get our head of steam up. And if we grab control of the game early, then I'm sure we'll completely control it and go on a bit like we did against was it Colchester a few years ago when we put five past them, didn't we? That day we tanked Colchester by five, and it's it's a question of getting that that attitude right, and if we show the weaknesses we did at Newport, it could be a, a tough afternoon regardless of the pitch, mate.
1: Yeah, I mean, John, came back round to you, in terms of the team selection, we've seen Pochettino in his press conference on Friday. He suggested that Lucas Mora will make his full Tottenham Hotspur debut, Harry Kane being the only doubt. John, in terms of, like I say, the team, where do you see changes being made and who do you see coming in apart from the couple of guys I just mentioned there?
3: Well, I wouldn't be surprised if there's, you know, 10 or 11 changes, to be perfectly there's honest. As
1: many as that, there. John, you reckon, yeah?
3: Yeah, I mean, purely because as well, you'd like, you'd think that there'd be plenty of the same from Rochdale because you look at their their position at the minute. They're bottom of League One. They're ten points adrift. But they got four games in hand on, I think it's four on uh, Northampton, who are in twentieth position. Now, it's much more important for them to to maintain their League One status. There's still enough time for them to to get out of trouble. They'd like to think so. Maybe, maybe it. <laughs> You know, I'm not going to count my chickens too early. But when you start getting League One teams who have got, you know, bigger things than the FA Cup to worry about, maybe they'll rotate a little bit too, and it'll be easier than we think. <laughs> I just, I just want it to be more Colchester, like Jay was saying. I think we won four-one at Colchester, and than, then than Eric was against Newport. I think we'll see. Yeah, like I say, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me if if you if you go through the team, maybe Rose comes in fourth out Trippier. Yeah. Oh, I'd, I hope not. I mean, maybe. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Vorm, Vorm, Vorm starts in goal. Winks, Wanyama can come back in there. You know what I mean? Lucas, Sissoko. Yeah, you know, pretty much changed the whole team there. And you'd mm-hmm. like to think that that team's still got plenty of enough, enough quality. You know what I mean? I think the fact that you'd like to think that Toby would play, he's, he's one of them names. You see his name on the team sheet, do not matter who you're playing, and, and you get filled with more confidence than before. So, yeah. I think, you know what I mean? Uh, and I said this against before we played Newport, but comfortable, comfortable win for Tottenham on Sunday. Absolutely no doubt about it whatsoever.
1: Yeah, I hope you're right, John. I hope you're right. I mean, Jace, i have to hop back a second to the Juventus game. It is incredible, you think, with that performance. We still had the likes of Wan Wanyama, Son, Mora, Winks, Ambrose to all come back in to the team at some point. And you'd argue probably this is the game where you're going to see some of them. Um, as John said, he reckons 10-11 changes. Jace, would you think there's going to be up to that many?
2: Uh, I think there will be yeah for sure because I mean, if you think about it Newport was the Newport replay 7th of February if they don't play this week they probably will pick our I'm sure we'll pick our strongest game uh, team for Palace and then you've got another three week after Palace so between that Newport replay and, and the 3rd of March you, there's, there's pretty much a four week gap where players won't be playing otherwise so you, you've got to give them that game time and that includes you know, just about everyone in the squad. The likes of fourth, the likes, I'm sure that when Yama comes in, I'm sure Musa Susoko will come back in. I'm sure we'll see uh, Trippier and, and Danny Rose in those games. As I say, I'd, I'd, I'd let Dembele play if he wants to play. And other than that,
1: just to keep the, that the rhythm, rest Jace, It'll be interesting you to just see... Dembele, who, just to
2: yeah, I would do. Just if if he wants to, if, if if they if they honestly believe that themselves that he's benefiting from getting a rhythm, then I wouldn't break that rhythm from him. So, and the other interesting thing is who's in goal because I think Vaughan wasn't in Turin, was he? I think it's Gazanega was in in Turin on the bench. So, if he does rotate even in goal, it may well be Gazanega who's in goal, and he had that that one game against Palace where he won man of the match, but he actually frightened me, <laughs> frightened me a few times yeah. in that game. Mm. Yeah, I'd, I'd far sooner see Michel Vaughn, who's been absolutely fantastic he when been. he's come in every yeah. time this season. So hopefully it's Vaughan in goal and, and hopefully it's Dembele and then the other nine, whichever whichever nine Pochettino wants to pick, is fine by me, mate.
1: Yeah. Isn't, guys, I wasn't going to bring this up in terms of the show, but there has been, again, rumours this week. And I thought it's only right we, we do have a quick word about it. John, Toby Adavirold, I mean, whatever paper you turn to, they've got a story saying how talks are at a standstill. I mean, have you got any kind of reservations, concerns about Toby? You know, we have seen Sanchez who come through, been absolutely brilliant this season for Tottenham. The tongue is in the form of his life. I mean, John, anything you want to say on Toby Adavirold, is it a case of just, look, paper talk, forget about it, worry about it, you know, when it comes to a situation where we know more concrete news?
3: I think this just makes me want to return to the dark old days of when we were shit and no one gave a crap about any of our players and they weren't getting any good moves
1: because
3: <laughs> they, they was all pony in the first place. I think that's all it is. Mm. Listen, they can't. what have they been able to say about Tottenham for the last two and a half months? Mm. Nothing. We're unbeaten in all that time. Everything's looking rosy. We're going great guns. And it's the same old crap by the same old radio stations and newspapers every single time. It's so predictable, Rick that even if it was true, I wouldn't believe it. Because you know... Look, listen, you knew we got a brilliant result against Juventus. You know, as sure as eggs is eggs, right? The next day or the day after, there's going to be a new story linking one of our players with a move to somewhere. And it's just becoming boring now. It really is. Like I've said to you many, many times, I cannot understand why they don't spend more time talking about why players would love to join Tottenham. It makes no sense to me to... Why would any of them players want to leave? I don't understand why they'd want to leave. There, No, yeah.
1: You know what it, I mean? It's it, 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 a bizarre one. It? it seems to all, like you said, John, they all seem to be mates. It's a it, And like Kane, I think, said in recently in an interview he gave, you know, the, the thing he visualises is that winning the Premier League with his mates, like you said, John.
3: Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. I think if you, you know, if you listen to the, to the wrong people and you click on all these all this rubbish and your your judgement gets slightly clouded and then the, the plague end up Get, get, end up, get, you know, they get grief on social media and all the rest of it. It's just, it's just people after clicks. I, I would completely ignore it. It's the same as as Jace always says during the transfer windows. Until until there's a photo of a player holding up the shirt, you don't believe none of it. No. And Pochettino's mm. already answered questions many many times, and he got a bit narky, didn't he, recently oh, about he yeah. asking answering questions about this about these subjects? And you just think, like, just leave us alone. Yep. Do you know what I mean enjoy the fact that we're we're doing we're doing it in the right way. We are the nearest thing this country's had to the, to the class of 92 since 92. Yeah. Get behind it for Christ's sake. You've got all this nonsense about <clears throat> we need to be winning stuff. Listen, if Pochettino had been there a decade and hadn't won nothing, I'd maybe think, Do you know what, maybe they're right. But think about it.
1: Progress all the time, oh, doesn't it? Every season you see it is progress. It's progress.
0: Mm. Of
3: course yeah. it is. You listen, you go back through the history of Tottenham Hotspur <clears throat> the only managers who have come in and got lucky quickly have not lasted long nope. you ain't got to go back too far to realise Juan <laughs> Bay Ramos, George Graham they come in, they got lucky they come in during a campaign won a trophy, got lucky Right? Look, think about it, Bill Nicholson was there three years before he won anything Keith Birkinshaw was there five years and managed to get us relegated and come back up before he won anything Terry Venables was there uh, almost three years before he won the FA Cup in '91. Now, if you go back through the history of the club, it, but it has always taken three, four, five years for these new managers to come in, make make a big change. You know, there's been there's been times. I'll, I'll use them their managers as an example again. You've got Keith Birkinshaw who's come in and tried to undo all the, all, all the mess that Terry Neal created at Tottenham. You've got Bill Nicholson come in who, to try and right the wrongs during between 55 and 58 when Jimmy Anderson was the manager after Arthur Rowe had gone. Got, you're got you talking about building a dynasty, building a legacy. Everyone knows that Alex Ferguson took four, five, six years, whatever it was, to win his first part for Man United. If you're going to do it this way, without pumping Arab millions or Russian millions into a club, why can't they get behind it and see that what's happening at Tottenham is rare rare as rocking all shit nowadays Ricky what's going on at Tottenham <laughs> it doesn't happen anywhere else you get <clears throat> teams like Monaco that were recently in the, the second division in France they get pumped full of money and look what happens same in Paris it happens all over the world right but this what's happening at Tottenham is so unique and it, it pisses me off that people just look straight past that and, and go oh they've not won nothing for 10 years I'll tell you another thing. between 1984 and '91 there was a seven-year gap between us winning anything. Between 91 and 99, there was an eight-year gap between us winning anything. Between 99 and 2008, there was a nine-year gap before we won something. We're currently on a 10-year. So in 2018, we're winning something. I hope I'm you're right, John. You, I hope you're right. Got, do you know what, Ricky? This I was having a look at it today, and there's so many things... You know like when Liverpool won the Champions League in Istanbul and there was a new Pope and all these other
1: coincidences occurred, The stars were all aligned.
3: (laughs) Right, exactly. Between 91 and 99, we had four full-time managers. Our deal is Francis, Gross and Graham. Between 99 and 2008, we had four full-time managers. Hoddle, Santini, Joel, Ramos. Between 2008 and today, guess how many managers we've had, Rick? We've had four. Red Dap, villas Sherwood... And the man who's currently in the hot seat, he's mm. winning something with Tottenham this
1: season. I hope I'm you're right, you. John. I hope you're right. Hopefully it is this FA Cup. I mean, Chase, like we said about rumours and stuff, I don't want to drag it out too much. But even, like I say, Friday night, we're recording this. Guys, you're getting to do it Saturday morning, maybe even later on tonight. Um, there's rumours of, like say, Liverpool monitoring Victor Wanyama. I mean, like we would ever sell to them. You know, a direct rival, why <laughs> don't we ever do that? I mean, it's insane, isn't it?
2: Where does that one go? I, I no. haven't even seen that Daily one. I've just been laughing. It's just insane,
1: isn't it? It's you know, crazy. We're going to let him be horrible.
2: It's made up. I'll tell you what, i, I mean, just, just a quick word on the Toby thing. Mm, I saw yeah. a, a tweet from a, a guy called Bob Green today, and he sums it up. He said, I don't know how much Toby earns. I don't know how much Toby has asked for. I don't know how much Toby has been offered. So how the F do so many people claim they know exactly what's going on? We don't know what he's been offered. We don't know what the sticking point is, mm. and and those that say it's all down to Daniel Levy is doing it. None of us know that. Nope. None of us are part of the negotiations. Leave it. Let it run until the summer. It may well be Toby wants it to run until the summer, mm. and and see where where we are in terms of where we're playing Europa League or Champions League next year, and that that may be the only sticking point. So don't worry about things that. that and, and we've done fine without him. Don't get me wrong. I want us to keep him. Yeah, of course. I yeah, want yeah. Toby to no, stay. To stay we, yeah. we all want that. Yeah. But, you know, if Toby comes at the end of the summer and says, look, I, I want to leave, then then you have to handle that like we've had to handle everything else. Yeah. But I'm, I'm absolutely sure that our defensive systems and that will be such that if, if Toby goes, then Toby goes.
1: Can't, it's not about one club. It's not John. The difference with us nowadays is we have to say with Tottenham, we're not a one-man team anymore. You know, it's about the Harry Kane team. We're not the Harry Kane team, are we? You know, we got the lights of Eriksson. You know, Lucas Moore has just come in. You know, Vertonghen. There's so many key Larice. You know, there's so many key players in that Tottenham squad, John. That no more are we relying on just one player.
3: Absolutely. I think if you look back over the course of the last, probably since Bale, so since 2013, the only player that's gone who the majority of us probably didn't want to go would have been Kyle Walker and mm. I ain't being funny when you're being offered £54 million but don't get me wrong I love Kyle Walker but he still a had Ricket in him
1: John didn't he at the time he wasn't always
3: yeah yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, so the last time we sold a player that we didn't want to sell for anything less than ridiculous money was probably Modric who went for uh, £35 million, I think which yeah. looking back now seems ridiculously cheap Yeah. but the money that was offered for Bale money that was offered for Walker you can't, knock, you can't turn him down really you know what I mean? You gotta be, you gotta be real about this. All this time, we've been getting better and better. Look at the training ground. Look at this stadium that's growing out the ground. It's ridiculous. It's unbelievable what's going on at Tottenham. It's such, you know what I mean? It's it's such a, a great time to be a Tottenham supporter. And then there's people out there that don't that don't support Tottenham that don't like certain things about the club. We just want to. They put these stories out there. I think just to just to distract us from the fact that we're a fantastic football club in a great place at the minute. They were clearly going places, and it unsettles a lot of people, Rick. Because, you know, what I mean, they, you know, first, firstly, you know, they say, oh, you you can't make the Champions League. Then we make the Champions League. It's like I said to you before about what they've said about Kane, mocking him, mocking him, mocking him, and now they they can't now, so they take the piss out of the way he speaks. Yeah. Well, that's that's the, exactly the same with the trophies thing. Because no one could say anything else.
1: No, so it's just, what if you won? That's always the repetitive thing. But the fact of the matter is, we, John, you said it, we're getting closer. You like the things this season? Do
3: you know what it is? I'll t- tell you how it is to me. You see this current Tottenham team, it's like watching in a film. Now, we've had managers in the past, like I said, Ramos, George Graham, they, they, they've jumped straight to the end of the film to see what happens. I'm enjoying watching these plot twists and seeing what happens over the course of it. I don't want to fast forward anything. I don't want to miss anything because I know that when it happens it's going to be worth the wait. You know what I mean? It it's just it, it, it I wouldn't swap anything that's happened this season. I wouldn't. I would I would not take a league cup final appearance over what we've done against Dortmund and Real Madrid and what we've done at Juventus and Arsenal. Now. I wouldn't. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. All these moments we've had this season. Absolutely unbelievable. Limbs moments, as I call them, when the whole crowd goes ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, you, you, and and you're part of it. You remember that. I, w- I would not swap that what we've gone through this season for being in the League Cup final, for example. I just wouldn't. No. The thing. The key point
2: thing point. is as well. I think the key thing is as well. You'll always have your critics. Yeah, so if we win it. the FA Cup this year, mm. the very next thing it will be well to be a great team. You have got to win the league,
1: league title. Yeah, exactly. And once, you, once yeah. you
2: win the league title, it will be well to be a great team. You've got to. You've got to win it more than once. Oh, i win the Champions League. Champions League. Yeah, yeah. And then when you win the Champions League, it's, yeah, but you ain't won that club world championship yet. And then you've got to do it all again. So your critics will be your critics. And as soon as we get one of these big away games that people say, let's say we went to Chelsea and win, it'll be, yeah, it's all right winning at Chelsea, but you ain't done that at Anfield yet. And it will just, it'll just constantly will be like be that. Yeah, so be the, only, the only people that can end it all, mate, is us. And it's down to us to sort, the, sort everything out. Yeah.
1: Well, let's, let's hope this weekend is part of that journey. Let's get some predictions to round up. What's been a great show. Really, really enjoyed this one. John, let's get a prediction from you ahead of Sunday then.
3: I'm going for Rochdale, Neil Tottenham, Motspur 4.
1: Well, there you go. He's going for a route. Jace, what are you going for? I'll go for one less. So I'll go three. Three, okay. I'm also going to go for three. I think we are going to sit the goals past them. I think Vaughan will keep a clean sheet. There you go. I think he's going to start. Guys, really, really enjoyed tonight. Jay, thank you as always. No problem, mate. Lovely. Speak and, to you next week. Yes, most certainly. And, John, thanks always for coming back on.
3: That's all right, mate. Always a pleasure. Lovely. Always.
1: I'm going to get you back on soon, John. Obviously, we've got the return for the Juventus game, but I'm sure we'll speak to you before that anyway. Pleasure as always. Guys, enjoy the show as always. Come on, you Spurs.
0: There's only one Royal Mason! One Royal Mason! There's only one Royal Mason! One Royal Mason! There's only one Royal Mason! One Royal Mason! <laughs> we, know, we, know, we, know, we know We know Sports Social Podcast Network.